guys. Welcome to The Ronin Rabbit, episode 94. The Ronin Rabbit is a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast, and I am your host, Ed Moore. You can reach me a variety of ways, should you choose to do so. On Twitter, you can tweet at Teal Productions. On Google+, search out Ronin Rabbit. On Facebook, the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo page. Website is bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit. And if you choose to email, you can send it to usagipodcast at gmail.com, and I will more than likely get it. Usagi Ojimbo Volume 3, Episode 20 from Dark Horse Comics, April 1998. Chapter 6 of The Grass Cutter, entitled Tomoe and Aikida. Our story opens with Lord Noriyuki, Tomoe Ame, Ikida, and an individual that I haven't really mentioned too much up to this point that is with them and will prove more important this issue, Motokazu, who is Aikida's son. Approximately the same age, as it turns out, as Lord Noriyuki. Uh, very interesting. A peasant juxtaposed with uh, ruling class, a patrician and a plebeian, if you will, or whatever the Japanese equivalent would be. Those are the only words that came to mind. I have and I have not, if you're over here in the U.S. They're running, trying to stay ahead of any notice. Remember last episode, last issue, they were given away by one of the uh, groups that they managed to jump. Someone escaped out of that group. They killed everyone but one, so word is out. They're trying to get away, uh, having some discussions amongst themselves, just moving the story along, basically. Next up, we have Keiko, who is uh, much farther to the south of where Lord Noriyuki and Tomoe Ame, Akita, and Motokazu are. She is wandering the forest as Jay left her behind. And this is kind of interesting, because as she's walking, I, I love the forest, the way it's drawn. It's large, it's foreboding, it's alien-looking. Um, she sees someone dying, a samurai, a henchman dying. And she gets happy and says, Uncle must have passed this way recently. I'm going in the right direction. So poor Keiko is kind of jaded by her exposure to Jay, which you would think because he is a demon or a character possessed by a demon. I'm not sure. I don't believe that we've seen which it is exactly. Next up is Jay and Kitanamono as they face off Kitanamono being controlled and being spoken through by Ryoko. So there's a, a face-off here. I said face-down. I'm not sure what face-down is, except if you lie down. Uh, it's a face-off, and Kitanomono has the grass-cutter sword. Jay realizes that the sword is something. Don't Doesn't know what it is. Uh, doesn't recognize it, but knows that it has been trying to call him. So Kotetsu, seeing the reaction of Ryoko, starts trying to talk to her and get information from her. But she keeps fighting him off because she has to maintain her control over Kintanamono so that she can 
uh, see what's happening, know what's going on, and also control her um, her animus, her familiar. Plus, I believe that she is probably slightly concerned with the nature of this creature that is uh, is in their path right now. But she keeps telling Kitanamono to run, uh, but it doesn't want to. It attacks Jay. So, whatever the nature of these two creatures, they are combatants and combatants only. That is the only option between the two, is to fight until one of them is no longer able to fight, presumably because it's dead. So, this is going on, Kitanamono and Jay. Uh, Ryoko is trying to regain, I guess I should say, control of Kitanamono. Kotetsu is arguing with her back and forth. So all this is going on, almost alternating panel to panel. Finally, Jay gets the upper hand and skewers Kitanamono with his sword, kills it, and in so doing, I believe that means that Ryoko is killed because... In the castle, we see Kotetsu facing down a robe full of crow feathers. Um, she says a couple panels before that, as Jay is is killing Kitanamono, that uh, she feels as though her soul, he, my, my soul, he's ripping out my soul. And that's it. So Jay... Retrieves the sword, tries to um, convert, uh, contaminate, tries to turn the blade evil. Did I say the soul? I'm sorry. I meant the blade, soul uh, grass cutter. Uh, Tries to turn it evil, but it it doesn't work. So, Jay, um, consecrate. Tries to consecrate the sword. Jay is very confused now as to the nature of the sword because no weapon has ever um, prevented being consecrated. It has never not been turned. Next up we go to Usagi and Genosuke talking um, again furthering the story Usagi still running through his head whether this is the real grass cutter, and what the true ramifications of it appearing will be. Uh, Genosuke mm, is just a sounding board for these panels. Farther north, we hook back up with Lord Noriyuki, Tomoe, Ame, Akita, and Motokazu. There's a group guarding the gorge bridge that they have to cross. The bridge uh, is is been said to be a a major obstacle. It's being played like it's their last obstacle. It'll be smooth sailing after that. So maybe this gorge marks the end of Gaishu territory and the beginning of the next. So they they would not uh, send lots of men into someone else's territory. That would be too obvious, too rousing. So they have to get across this bridge at the gorge. It's guarded... Uh, They attack, killing this group, and as they start to come across, a group comes up behind them to support the bridge group, but also in pursuit of our group, and it's being led by Aramura. 
So he didn't die in that first battle way back a couple, couple three issues ago, I guess, in the first chapter. Um, Aramura recognizes Aikida. Uh, Aramura has been long uh, been alive long enough to know. He, um, I don't quite understand why, but his name has been thrown out before, and Lord Noriyuki didn't pay any attention. But this time, when Aramura says it, Noriyuki says, Aikida, the general who rebelled against my father? And Aramura is like, <laughs> I can't help but appreciate the irony in this. So he's talking up how Akita is bad. Um, his uh, litany of, of evil things that he has done, you know, why he's a bad guy. Basically trying to turn Lord Noriyuki and Tomoyami against him or and to get Aikida to join Aramura's side. One or the other. We're not not really too sure. But finally, after much speaking and and whatever is going on here with Aramura, um, the group attacks. Lord Noriyuki and Murakazu head for the bridge at the command of Tomoe Ame and Aikida, who stand holding the ground while the two young are um, going across the bridge. Finally, they, or no, not finally, first, uh, as they're going across, the bridge does indeed break, which is something that Aikida said would possibly happen. But I I think he was just saying that as an excuse to not go that way. But it does turn out that it does happen. And it is uh, Motokazu who is put into jeopardy, but Lord Noriyuki saves him. Further um, locking together... Aikida and this Lord Noriyuki in a positive way rather than the evil negative way that Aikida has been presenting it. Aikida holding them off next tells Tomoe Ame to go. As she's going across, she gets across and he, Aikida, is about halfway, but he gets hit by an arrow uh, only in the back of the thigh, but it takes him down nonetheless. They Aramura's men now bum-rush the bridge because they have an injured member. Um, Arguably the strongest member of the opposing faction is now down. So Akita is holding them off. Finally, he cuts the bridge in half. The two halves falling against the sides of the gorge, against the sides of the ravine. Aramura sees that uh, he has been defeated that Tomoe Ame, Aki, um, Lord Noriyuki, and Murakazu are on the other side, but he can also see that which our three right now can't see until they walk up to the bridge and look down, and that is that Aikida held on um, and is now asking them to help him rather than just standing up there staring at him. He says, you know, basically help me up because we have to keep going. Aramura will be circling around to intercept us again and we won't be able to travel as fast with an arrow in my leg. So, Aikida took an arrow to the leg but he himself didn't take one to the knee. So, he'll he'll be alright. And those of you that are familiar with that game and that meme will understand what I'm saying. 
Next up, we have Senshobo in and Inazuma um, talking, and as he's talking, she is having visions of Jay, and uh, out of out of her nightmare. He doesn't understand what's going on; just knows that she won't let him touch her, won't let him help her, because every time he does, she sees Jay, even though it's Senshobo. The final, yeah, the final segment is Usagi and Genosuke. They, too, run across the killed henchman that Keiko ran across. So we know now that Jay is somewhere in the vicinity. And as they're standing considering what to do, from out of the brush steps Jay, holding grass cutter. And the final panel is Genosuke saying, He's even stranger than that dead thing. You've got some weird friends, Usagi. He heard them talking, Jay did, and so he has now uh, become convinced that he does have the Blade of the Gods, the grass cutter, and feels that he has achieved his destiny. Or her. I keep calling Jay a he. I, I don't know that for sure. I haven't been able to find it. Strikes me as a male, but it could very well be a female, um, especially considering some issues with Jay that occurred down the road, uh, that perhaps it favors the female form rather than male. Not really sure, though. Alrighty, not really any terms introduced. There's too much storytelling to really uh, introduce us to anything. We're past the introduction stage, and we're at the full bore ahead uh, into the story. Some of our disparate groups now are starting to collide with the meeting of Usagi and Genosuke and Jay and probably not far behind Keiko. So, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell where exactly uh, Genosuke and Usagi are because they've been chasing after the sword which has been moving around kind of randomly. Um... I, I think going back deeper into the Gaishu province is probably where it's been going. Because it's been my impression that Kotatsu and Ryoko were Geishans that, um, you know, that were trying to do something. So, as Lord Noriyuki, Tomoe Ame, Akita, and Morokazu are moving out, and perhaps now are out of the Geishu province, uh, Usagi and Genosuke. Kotetsu, Ryoko, Jay, Kiko are moving deeper into the Gaishu province with Sanshobo and Inazuma. Uh, it's my impression in the Gaishu province. So we're down to maybe three main groups now who really are not necessarily showing uh, that they're going to meet. But we have, I don't know, two or three more chapters, I think, of the story. So perhaps they will. Perhaps ultimately they won't, though, because it's not going to be necessary. Um, one more meeting, I think, before the end. But we'll have to, or I'll, um, I'm sure a lot of you folks that have listened to this podcast probably have already read this. I'm kind of way behind on this. But we'll see. I'll see what happens. Um, and I'll let you guys know my thoughts at the time. Next time out will be Usagi Yojimbo, Volume 3, Issue 21, 
from Dark Horse Comics. The next chapter, let's see, chapter 7 of the Grasscutter Saga, May 1998, should be the approximate publication date for that one. Talk to you guys next time. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.